Hello, everybody. Welcome back into Locked On Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today, as always, I'm your host, Evan Sider, and joined by a very special guest. Today, he's back after a week off, Jake Arthur of Colts.com. Jake, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm good, brother. Ready to get this uh, weekly segment started. Oh, of course. I'm really excited to have you back on. And I know last week was really chaotic. And we're going to talk about just looking ahead, though, as far as the Colts and their quarterback situation. And I want your thoughts because you're around the team so far every day at the facility. What, what's what been the vibe around the team so far after what happened and looking ahead with Jacoby Brissett, not only from Jacoby's point of view, but also the team, just how much buy-in does it seem like the, they have in Jacoby Brissett? Because he was named a captain today, if you haven't heard about it yet, which I found really surprising after only two weeks on, on the starting position right now. What, what's just, from what you've seen so far, Jake, what have you heard and seen as far as the vibe around the team with Jacoby? Yeah, I mean, everyone seems 100% bought in, to be honest with you. I mean, of course, it's always going to be very sad and upsetting anytime you lose someone like Andrew. Uh, he was a friend to a lot of people and, of course, a, a great elite-level quarterback. But Jacoby has been beloved in that locker room ever since he stepped into it. Uh, even last year as the backup quarterback, he just does not have that vibe about him as a backup. Like People gravitate to him. People really like him. And like you said, he was named a captain today. So... Uh, it's pretty evident. That's a good reflection of how his teammates feel about him. And as far as a player goes, I mean, he's pretty much taken all of the first team reps this spring, last spring, and this summer. Um, so I, I, I think all his teammates very well know that he's not just being thrown into this. He's very prepared, and they're ready to go. Uh, I, I think another big factor into it is the coaching staff. I think everyone has more than enough confidence in the coaching staff and their abilities to tailor an offense to Jacoby's strengths. So, again, you know, everyone I'm sure is a little sad to lose Andrew, but everyone is, you know, fully bought in to move full steam ahead with Jacoby. From what we've seen, I don't think I asked you about this beforehand as we were focusing on a different quarterback in Andrew Walker the past couple weeks, but what what did you see through OTAs and training camp that caught your eye, Jacoby Brissett? So I – I think more than anything, I saw progression. I think in the spring, there was just a lot of everyone, you know, knocking the rust off, coming back to the team, getting their feet under them. Uh, plus, there were some new guys to work in, uh, Paris Campbell, Devin Funches. I think in the summer, we saw clear progression from all the quarterbacks, and, and I'll say Jacoby especially. Uh, I, I think his chemistry with T.Y. Hilton is very evident. Uh, it, it all almost looked like vintage T.Y. and Andrew out there, uh, how we see, even in practice, the connections that Luck and T.Y. had were just kind of miraculous. And we, we kind of saw that not even hit a speed bump uh, for the most part during the summer. There was a ton of chunk plays from Jacoby to T.Y., so I'm not really worried about that there. Uh, his, uh, his chemistry with Funches seemed to get a little better. There were plenty of downfield back shoulder shots, and a lot of just streak plays across the middle, uh, going across the field. I think his, uh, I think his chemistry with pretty much everyone is getting a lot better now that Deion Kane is in the fold. Uh, we're we're seeing Jacoby have a lot of reps with him as well. So I just think in general we're seeing a quarterback get acclimated to his teammates, and I, I think they're they're gravitating towards him. And I think everyone is is starting to work a little better together. It's it's a little more of a well-oiled machine at this point. And, uh, I mean, we still have some game reps to get out there because, uh, as you know, 
the preseason, it's kind of moving towards very few starters around the league play very much at all. Um, so we'll, we'll see how much they hit the ground running in the season, but uh, I'm pretty confident in, in uh, their abilities to work together come Sunday. Let me ask you this, Jake. I've seen this opinion thrown out there a little bit as far as Brissett goes, and I think it's a little unfair to look back to 2017 because it was the different coaching staff. A lot of the players weren't even on the team back then. You look at the offensive starters back then in 2017, only T.Y. Hilton and then Marlon Mack in a reserve role, Jack Doyle as their tight end were the only guys still around back then. Joe Haig was in a starting role as well, who's a swing tackle now for the Colts. What Do you think it's fair to look back to 2017? Do you think 2019 with Brissett under, under system – in the Frank Reich system, so to say, is really just an entirely blank slate for him? Uh, pretty much. I mean, I, I don't want to just cherry pick here, but I I think there's a lot more you can take away from 2017 looking at the things that he could do as opposed to maybe what didn't go him in the Colts' way. I mean, like you said, this team is crazy different right now than they were in 2017. Uh, in 2017, I think Jacoby was the most backed quarterback in the league. I think it was 56 times. Since then, um, they've formed one of the more formidable offensive lines in the league. Just the very next season, they were the least sacked team. Uh, uh, the weapons around him are better. I think they're healthier. I think uh, I, I think there's a lot of pieces in different places, you know, from the wide receiver room and running backs and tight ends. Um that make this offense just so complete and based on week to week, they should be able to form whatever game plan they want. Um, I mean, yes, they will face tough defenses, but I think they're more so going to focus on themselves and what they want to try to accomplish. And I, I see, I see a, an offensive roster that looks like it should be able to do just about anything. And uh, you know, I, I think Jacoby showed enough in 2017 to where it should be really promising. Uh, I, I think we have also seen him look good in training camp, especially later in training camp, with some of those guys who weren't really able to participate. You know, Paris Campbell missed most of training camp. Uh, Jack Doyle missed a good chunk of training camp. I, I think people are, are – those outside of Indianapolis and those outside of the fan base and the organization, I think they're going to be pretty pleasantly surprised and maybe kind of kicking themselves at how much they are doubting this team right now. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Jake. I've seen a line on Bavada say six and a half for the over-under. I've seen seven and a half for their over-under as well. I just think that's – I would smash you over if I was in my situation yours because I think this team is minimum an 8-18 eight and 18 with just the talent around them. If they're set to top 20 quarterback like Frank Reagan, and Chris Goddard said, I feel like they're in a, a good position to at least be 500 or above here. But let's dive into our preview here, Jake. And we're going to – I was looking over the rosters today for both the Colts and the Chargers – specifically on the offensive side of the ball here, I think it's really similar as far as what they have as far as skill positions go. We'll start with quarterback here, Jacoby Brissett and Phillip Rivers. We spent a little time Jacoby there. So what do you think Colts fans should expect here with Phillip Rivers entering his 16th season? I know the offensive line's a little leaky this year compared to the years past, but he's still one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, of course. Yeah, absolutely. And he he's smart. Um, you know, they, they have some deficiencies on the offensive line right now. Um, their, their left tackle is obviously out. Honestly, both both of their tackles who are projected to start um, this week, not not great in terms of pro football focus grade. Um, I mean, I, I really haven't really seen them play before, so kind of have to go to you know their their reputation around um, the Chargers media and you know their their grades from pro football focus and whatnot. 
not great so far. But, you know, Philip knows that. I'm sure he has confidence in them, but he's going to be prepared, I'm sure. We'll probably see a lot of quick passes, um, especially since Austin Eckler should have an increased role, and that was kind of already his role. Uh, for those not familiar with him, he's, he's basically the Chargers version of Naheem Hines. Um, so I, I expect a heavy workload for Eckler um, because, you know, Philip knows he's going to have to get the ball out quickly. And having Hunter Henry back uh, healthy as well also helps. Uh, he, he can provide a downfield threat as a tight end, but also, you know, just as a traditional tight end role, you know, short intermediate routes. I think he could really excel in that role in this game at least. And then you've got a guy like Keenan Allen who's just the ultimate technician uh, can line up anywhere in the lineup and and get open. I, I think we're really going to see Philip Rivers rely on his guys, and we're going to see those guys who maybe aren't traditional downfield threats, uh, who kind of eat up a lot of the short and intermediate routes. I, I think we're going to see those guys really heavily involved this week. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I think a lot of short game from Philip Rivers is going to be on tap very early and often for them, but. I'm looking at the running back position again here for them, Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson. I feel like Justin Jackson might play a little bit of a role as a power back here Marlon versus Marlon McAnaya and Hines. I feel like those those two combos are very similar here. Who would you give the edge as far as that? Because I feel like the Colts, especially now with Andrew Luck out and Jacoby Brissett in, they're going to, with the offensive line advantage they have over the Chargers, I think they're going to try to establish the run early and often. Yeah, I think they're they're kind of somewhat similar at the top right now, you know, talked about Eckler kind of being similar to Hines and Justin Jackson is more of a bigger guy, maybe, maybe more similar to a Jordan Wilkins. Um, but just from, from depth alone right now, you got to give the edge to the Colts running backs. You know, they, they have their lead back healthy in Marlon Mack, which is huge because he was not healthy to start the year last year. Uh, you got him, you got Naheem Hines healthy, who's also more confident coming into this year and looks like he might be shouldering a bigger role. And Jordan Wilkins looks like he's good to go as well. So I, I definitely would have to give the edge to the Colts running backs on that one. Let's move on to the playmakers here on the outside. As far as the wide receivers go, Jake T.Y. Hilton, Devin Funches, and Paris Campbell versus Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Travis Benjamin. They, they, that seems like a very similar group as well. And I, I'm really curious to see how that matches up as well. What, what do you think about Paris Campbell this week? Because I feel like he's a guy, if they want to get some quick three-step, five-step drops and quick reads about two, three seconds after the snap, I feel like Paris Kill might be a guy who really does well this week. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that because, you know, just like the Chargers might have some trouble off the edges with the Colts, um, with the Colts defensive ends, it might be vice versa this week because the combo of Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram is one of the best pass rushing duos in the entire NFL. So, you know, the, the Colts might look to get some quick stuff out uh, just as well, which means Paris Campbell from the slot – a lot of quick passes, like you said. Uh, we saw that on last Thursday against the Bengals. Uh, I, I charted all of his, all of Paris's snaps. I think he had 26. And I think all but one of them were from the left or right, right slot. So I, I think if I, I don't think they want to shoulder a huge load onto him already, but um, let's just say it, it's comparable to last week. I, I think we could see him get several quick passes his way, and. Uh, you know, T.Y. is the same way he can run after the catch. Funchess might honestly be your downfield guy this week, whether it's back shoulders or, or what have you. Uh, but, no, I, I I think the Colts game plan could be pretty similar to uh, 
to Los Angeles this uh, this week. It, it's already you know been tough for me not to say San Diego. I I keep trying to force that out of my mouth. No, hey, it's tough for me too. It's still kind of shocking to be honest. There are, there's two teams in LA, and one's playing in a soccer stadium, one's playing in a hundred thousand seat stadium like the Rams are. I just wonder right. why they're doing that. But let me ask you this about Funches as well, and T. Y. Hilton especially. Do you expect a lot of deep passes, at least attempts this week? I know we were talking about Bosa and, and Ingram as far as how terrifying that combo could be off the edge against the Colts offensive line. But I feel like with Brissett's arm, I, I feel like just to gain some confidence early on, they might try a few things deep as well. I think so. Uh, I think especially if they can get the run game going a little bit, which can set up some of the play action. I just think, you know, Jacoby, one of his best assets is his downfield accuracy. We know T.Y. is capable of that. Paris Campbell is capable of that. They can create mismatches all over the field, too. Uh, I think Derwin James being out is definitely a, a big bonus for the Colts because uh, if, if they can kind of bust those coverages downfield where maybe Derwin would have been able to get there, nothing against the current safeties, but you know Derwin James is, is almost in a class of his own. I think the Colts could definitely take advantage of that. Um, if T.Y. gets matched up off, opposite of Casey Hayward uh, with um, Michael Davis, I, I think that's an advantage they might have. And especially if you get like Funches on Casey Hayward or Desmond King in the slot, because Funches is 6'4", those two guys are under six foot. And we've seen Funches in the slot in the preseason. So um, – there, there's different things they could do. It, it's not necessarily huge downfield shots a bunch, but I think they could hit on several chunk plays. I, I do think there's several areas where, where that can match up. And that also goes for the tight ends as well, whether it's Mo or Eric Ebron. You know, obviously th- those guys are probably the biggest beneficiaries of, of no Derwin James. I would include Jack, but I think we all know he kind of eats up the shorter stuff. Uh, uh, but no Derwin James could easily mean a, a bigger role downfield for Ebron. Where would you lean on this matchup here between the wide receivers and tight ends, Jake? Because Hilton, Funches, and Campbell, you have Ebron and Doyle as well. Moali Cox, you can also toss in the mix there. Keenan Allen, I feel like, is very underrated as far as NFL circles go. He's kind of like T.Y. Hilton in that sense. Then you have Mike Williams, the big guy, Funches, and, and um, Travis Benjamin. But then you also have Hunter Henry, who's back as well. Where would you lean as far as that skill position battle goes? I, I think they're pretty comparable, but the Colts have the depth. Uh, I'm a huge Keenan Allen guy, but I, I think he's probably along the same rankings group of T.Y. Hilton across the league. Um, I, I think they're both real high-level guys. They're, you know, they're not your Julio Joneses, DeAndre Hopkins, but they're some of the best receivers in the league in their own right. And they're technicians, which I really like. They're, they're good route runners. They're not height-weight speed guys. They, they win with their effort and their craft. I really like that. But again, the, the Colts have the depth in in terms of pass catchers. You know, they have they have six quality receivers, and they have arguably the best tight end room in the whole league. And so it, it's kind of hard for me to not give them the edge there. The the Chargers do have their their weapons. Mike Williams is pretty comparable to a Funchess. Uh, Travis Benjamin has been kind of a one trick pony in his career as just a downfield threat. And then we know what Dontrell Inman is capable of. Pretty quality possession guy there. Uh, Hunter Henry, very good, but we kind of need to see him return, get his legs under him after missing last year with the ACL. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely going to give the Colts the edge there, if not just for the depth alone. The opening week of the NFL is brought to you by Mack Weldon. Mack Weldon is a premium men's essentials brand believes in smart design and premium fabrics. Mack Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. 
Promo code locked on get you 20% at MacWeldon.com. Again, that is M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com. And the promo code locked on gets you 20% off. As you guys heard this week, Crossover Wednesday is back as you already digested the content between me and Locked On Chargers. For the entire regular NFL season, you'll get a special episode every Wednesday as the host from Opposing Sides me have to preview the excitement of the games happening that week. Find your favorite team wherever you get your podcast and be sure not to miss the NFL listeners' favorite segment. Yeah, I would lean on that as well. I think the tight ends really give me the edge here. I, I really like to be Braun and Doyle compared to uh, Henry and also Virgil Green, their backup tight end there. Let me, let me ask you this, as far as the cold side of things go, defensive backs, I think this is a big week for them. Pierre Desir, Rocky Asin, Quincy Wilson, Kenny Moore, who has a broken thumb. I think he's going to play with the cast or one of those, if I'm not mistaken, a club. What do you think is the how valuable that or how vital it is for the defensive backs to have a good week this week? Because I feel like Rivers, even though he's going to maybe have a little short amount of time compared to the years past the offensive line, he's going to test those defensive backs pretty pretty early. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and again, it's another good position the Colts are in having that depth, at, especially at cornerback. It was one of the the toughest position battles throughout camp. You know, uh, there's some really talented guys out there and uh, it's good the Colts have that because like you said, Philip Rivers does know exactly what he's doing. Uh, he's going to put his receivers in the right position. Uh, I, th- I think this is especially a good matchup. Uh, it's a good time to have a guy like Kenny Moore who plays at a high level both on the boundary and in the slot because Keenan Allen moves around from the slot to the boundary as well. And so if if wide receiver, then it's good for you to have a top-level corner who can play inside and out and follow him around a little bit. I don't know that he's going to shadow him, but it might look like that in some instances because Pierre Desir as the bigger – Uh, As a bigger cornerback, it's going to make sense for him to be lined up on Mike Williams. Uh, And then, you know, I'm not sure whether they're ready to have – I mean, Inman just rejoined them, so I'm not sure if he's already going to be their third guy. But that will be a good test for Rocky Sin and Quincy Wilson as well, especially Quincy, who already has practice reps against him in the second half of last season. So um, this definitely – it's definitely a good nod to the Colts uh, because I think they match up well with with the Los Angeles Chargers uh, pass catchers. Let me ask you this, because I feel like we've seen a little bit of it in training camp and we saw not much of it, for I think for a good reason, and Priest not to show much of it. But how curious are you to see just the, the new kind of tweaks that Maddie Gripoos does to this defense? Because I feel like we're going to see a lot more exotic looks this year. Yeah, very curious. Um We'll see how much man coverage is done this year as opposed to uh, the heavy zone they did. Uh, we saw a whole bunch of nickel blitzing late in the season. You know, Kenny Moore turned into a, a almost a pass rush specialist out there for a while. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of things they can do. I'm kind of intrigued to see what they do with safety now that they've kind of got the toys to play with there. Um, do we see Malik go single high and become a, uh, kind of a center fielder? Uh, while Clayton Gathers and Kari Willis kind of play the box, play closer to to the run, uh, there's a lot of things they can do. Some things we saw in in, the, in uh, training camp, like you said, that could really be effective wrinkles for them. I'm I'm pretty excited. I agree with you there. Moving on to, I think the most intriguing battle of this game, and I think most NFL games are won this way, anyways. But especially this week, it's going to be a big emphasis for whoever wins in the trench is going to win this game, in my opinion. How do you, where do you land as far as the Colts offensive line versus the Chargers defensive line? Because that's, I think that's going to really decide this game on Sunday. 
you could arguably say it's strength versus strength because, I mean, a lot of people still say the Colts have the top offensive line in the league. I mean, I think they have to prove it again this year. Uh, it's great they have all, all starting five guys back. Uh, but they're going to get a really tough test. It's one thing to face a team that has one premier rusher, but when you have a team that has two of them, uh, it means your tackles have to be on their A game every single snap because we all know, you know, one one blown assignment or one sack can change all – it can change the whole game. Uh, so it, it definitely means the Colts are going to have to bring it every single snap um, you know, the guards might have to, to help as well on occasion. They might have to have some extra tight ends. Uh, I actually heard that Jack Doyle did a radio interview uh, that was played this morning, and he said he honestly like, likes to block more than he likes to, to catch passes. Because there's no better feeling than, you know, opening up a hole when, when him and uh, Mo Alley-Cox are kind of, you know, out on the edge and they open up a big hole for, for Mo Mack. said that's a really good feeling, so – the Colts definitely have a luxury of having tight ends that love to block because they're probably going to need it this week. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that, it's definitely – do you expect maybe um, more than more than ever, Jake? I mean, probably just week one. We'll have to see moving forward. But with Mel A. Cox's uh, resurgence in this OTA and offseason period, I feel like we might see a little bit more three tight end sense than we saw last year. Uh, yeah, I, I think – I think it just kind of depends on what Jacoby winds up being most comfortable with, like what formations and packages. Uh, I think in general, you know, they said they're not going to change the offense. But, you know, they, they are going to kind of there, – there's things that Andrew really liked and there's things that Jacoby is going to like. So we'll, we'll see how all that goes. Uh, but, I mean, if, if you have the weapons, then use them. I think we'll probably continue to see plenty of three tight end looks, especially in short yardage things. I, I think we know that Frank – very much as a trickster and he likes to he likes to give exotic looks so while it might be third and fourth and short with three tight ends on the field that play could go for 30 yards because it looks like a heavy package if three tight ends out there and I mean the good news for them is they have two of those three tight ends that can get downfield and they they can threaten a defense from anywhere on the field and Jack in his own right he's arguably you know not even arguably he's one of the best blocking tight ends in the league and he's very sure-handed. So these this tight end group is very, very talented, and they can do pretty much anything that you would want a tight end to do. So I don't see why we wouldn't see, you know, a lot of three tight end looks again this year. Switching to the other side of the trenches here for a second, Jake, and it's the Colts defensive line versus the Chargers offensive line. I looked at the Chargers offensive line earlier this week, and I honestly, outside of Pouncey, I couldn't really name almost any of them because Okung is out this week with a blood clot issue. Might be out the first six weeks, or six weeks or more of the season. I feel like that's a, a place where Justin Houston, who's very familiar with this Chargers team after playing for years with the Chiefs, and Kamoko Ture as well, maybe Ben Banigou, Danico Autry, that could be a field day for them if they really take advantage of that mismatch. Yeah, th- this is one where I would – I would stress to exercise caution just because the matchup looks so good in the Colts' favor that you almost don't want to let down because it goes back again to Anthony Lynn and Phillip Rivers. They're smart guys. They're, they're, they know that the Colts have this advantage defensive line versus offensive line this week. But that being said, just stripping it down for what it is, you know, Trent Scott at left tackle, Sam Tevy at right tackle, I mean, the, the Colts have that advantage. Justin Houston at defensive end, and I know Kamoko Ture popped up on the, the 
injury report today, but even Al Cody Muhammad has become a better pass rusher. Ben Banagu, uh, Jabal Sheard, you know, he hasn't practiced yet, but the Colts have, you know, they, they've got a good group of pass rushers. Who knows if we see Tyquan Lewis on the edge, you know, uh, Danico Autry and Marcus Hunt, just powerful up the middle. The Colts absolutely have the advantage here, but I, I just try to tell myself to hold on a little bit because the Chargers also know the Colts have this advantage. It's time to celebrate. Football is finally back, and DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy football, has huge week one contests. This Sunday, you won't want to miss. To kick off this season, DraftKings is giving New Year's a free shot, $2 million in prizes with your free first deposit when you put in the code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, during sign-up. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every run, throw, and catch means more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Just draft your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Plus, all new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500. That's some extra cash to play with this football season. Nothing has to the sweat of watching the game quite like having a shot at $2 million worth of prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use code LOCKEDON. For a limited time, both new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500. And new users, don't miss this extra special week one bonus. Enter my code LOCKEDON to get a free shot at $2 million in prizes with your first deposit. That's code LOCKEDON only at DraftKings. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, when you're betting, what you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting on. I wouldn't be telling you guys this if I wasn't already betting with the best. Do the smart thing if you're going to bet this football season and bet with my bookie. Did you know you could bet on games after kickoff as well? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side of it. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season season is the best time of the year. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to activate the offer. That's promo code LOCKEDON, and visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, and you get paid. Yeah, they're going to try as as hard as they can to avoid the situation where Justin Houston's bringing down Philip Rivers next. So I'm wondering, Jake, from your point of view – from the linebackers especially, I'm really curious to see how Darius Leonard, he's in coverage this year. He was really good last year, but they're going to try to exploit the linebackers, I think, early and often in coverage as far as quick game over the middle. What do you think from the linebackers as far as this rotation goes this year? I think we might see more Bobby Okereke. I know we didn't really see him much in preseason, but if they're going to do all these quick passes, I feel like Okereke's athleticism might be a, an advantage for them to, take it, to have this on Sunday in LA. Yeah, I'm kind of interested to see what they'll do with that because I know they have their starting lineups, but at the same time, it's all about matchups. And uh, Matt Eberflus is definitely all about all about the matchups, all about the wrinkles and the different things they can do. Uh, Bobby Okariki, probably a little more rangier than Anthony Walker, but Anthony Walker is the absolute cerebral captain of that of, of that defense when it comes to you know. Making sure, you know, making sure that as a Mike linebacker that he knows what's going on. Uh, him and Darius have very good chemistry, also, so I, I think that might play into it as well. They know where each other are gonna, they're you know where they're gonna be. Uh, but you also look at Sam. Uh, you know, Matthew Adams is listed as the starter, uh, but at the same time, EJ Speed again, rangier guy. What, what, what do we see them do out there? Do we just see them kind of run their, their normal, you know, base look of, of Walker, Leonard, and Adams? Or do they run almost exclusively 
out of this kind of unique dime they have. They also have, you know, a lot of nickel looks. That, that will be interesting. I don't have a great answer for that, but I, I think you and I both know the possibilities of what they could do. Yeah, there's certainly depth at that position now for the first time in a long time for the Colts, and that's a weakness under Ryan Griggs, and they've turned quickly into a strength under GM Chris Ballard. But being close at the show here for our last few questions here, Jake, appreciate the time as always. What's your three keys if you had to pick three uh, specifically for Sunday's game for the Colts to pull off an upset? Uh, well, I think they have to take advantage of their um, of their advantages uh, that they have this week. You know that they, they have to get to the quarterback. You know the, those two offensive tackles that it looks like the Chargers are going to be putting out there. The Colts have the advantage there. They have to capitalize on that. They have to get to Rivers and disrupt him which could also mean, you know, forcing turnovers. If, if Rivers is, you know, shuffling his feet, having to make quick decisions that he's maybe not prepared to make in the moment, they have to force those turnovers. And that's kind of the backbone of the Colts' defense is forcing turnovers, hustling to the ball, you know, getting strips on, on everyone. I think next, I think they just need to uh, – I think they need to take the offense in stride and find out what it is that their strengths are going to be. Um, you know, Jacoby isn't Andrew, and, and that can be okay because uh, Jacoby is a very good quarterback in his own right. What are, what are his strengths in this current offense going to be? Because we haven't seen him as a starter in this offense. Uh, and then probably the last thing I would say is to – just do what you can to establish the run. If it's not going great early, uh, don't abandon it. See, see if you can get it working because that can open up a lot for some of the weapons that they have on this offense. You know, th- think of what they'll be able to do with T.Y. Hilton and Paris Campbell if the play action is working effectively. You know, so I, I think establishing the run will be another big thing. It doesn't mean they have to, you know, that Marlon has to have 80, 90, 100 yards. But um, Coach Reich talks a lot about just dictating the pace and the flow of the offense. It, it doesn't mean getting huge numbers, but it means running the ball when you want to run the ball. You know, uh, not, not being shut down from doing any of the things you want to do. Well, those are good points to bring up there. And I think – those three are going to be certainly stuff to watch for on Sunday in LA. And luckily uh, I'm going to be there. We actually bought tickets, I believe a few months ago. And so luckily I'll be seeing it really for the first time in a long time. I'm just the most intrigued with this team. That I've been in a long time because Jacoby Brissett's under center instead of Andrew Luck. So what do you think Jake to close out the show here? Give me your prediction. And also since the Indiana on legalized sports bank, I might as well ask you as well, the spread is six and a half. Do you think the Colts cover that? And what is your prediction? Uh, so, I'm going to give the Colts a lot more love than than uh, they've been getting from the outside. Because I, I don't know if you caught it, but I put out my fantasy, my weekly fantasy piece today. And the, the fantasy experts are not digging the Colts so far. I'm actually going to say they've got a pretty good shot at winning because I think the advantages they have are very important. I just think people see the change in quarterback and they panic. I'm, I'm going to give them a pretty good shot to win. I think they should win. Um, so, you know, the, the, the spread is six and a half chargers, you said, right? Yeah, correct. That's what I saw. I believe yeah. it went to circle downtown. Had that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I see the Colts winning. And even if they don't, I think it will be very close. So uh, unofficial betting advice there. I'm taking the Colts on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you there. I think 
24-17 is what I've been saying all week. I could see 24-20, but I think it's going to be maybe a sloppy game as far as scoring points goes. First game of the season, injuries on, on the Chargers side and a new quarterback. I think the Colts will win this one, but it's going to be close, like you mentioned there, Jake. If you haven't already, go ahead and follow Jake on Twitter at JakeArthurNFL. Also, digest his content whenever you can. You see it on his Twitter, Colts.com. Go ahead and do that already. So I know you listeners probably already have, but go ahead and follow Jake and read all of his content on Colts.com. Appreciate the time, Jake. We'll be back to you next, next Thursday for our next show. Absolutely, brother. Can't wait.